What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast, your favorite host here, Austin D. Face, bringing back another episode this week. This one's coming in a little shorter than our typical Tuesday upload, but because we absolutely had to get this episode up and rolling here, as usual, we want to thank you guys for returning to the podcast. This is almost, like I said before, the back half of the season, the back half of the year. Uh, we had ourselves a nice little break throughout the Fortnite competitive season. We needed that break, but we are coming back in full swing and full motion and with an excellent topic of choice today. But before we jump into that, we got to introduce our fellow co-host, Life of Panda and SBG. Panda, my boy, what's up? What's going on, man? Deep topics today, really serious ones, but listen, I'm excited to dive into it. Hey, man, we have to. It's all about Fortnite, baby. We are back. What's up, SBG? Hey, thank you guys for uh, figuring out some time to work around my schedule. I know we wanted to get <laughs> this done a little earlier, but appreciate you guys working with me. Hey, man, we rather record with all of us and you know than not, so we love yeah. and appreciate you. We will wait, and we will oh. wait until Sunday. <laughs> and also man panda just wanted to watch the ksi fight yesterday so that's that's really yeah, true, what happened true, true. that's it, also it was, why the delay happened i'll take part of the blame for sure but hey listen they were good fights though that's all i'm saying <laughs> they were entertaining to say the least um with that guys we're gonna get into some other entertaining topics today's episode as you can see by the title is uh it's a sentiment it, it's a, it's an outcry it's a coming from the best place possible to the company that we know and love, Epic Games, Fortnite. And I really want to make sure I proposition this this way because in the likelihood that someone from Epic listens to it, um, I want you to understand that this is, of course, all coming from the best place. We want to really look at what we believe and what the community might believe are some of the weak points, maybe some of the you know, uh, uh, lows of the Fortnite competitive scene and how can we structure this, how can we position this so that they hear the issues that we have and maybe some of the solutions that we have, uh, because most importantly, you know, when you're at the top of the mountain, right, when you're Fortnite games, you're up there, you're looking down at us peasants in the valley, you know, you, you got to see that sometimes it's not all rainbow and flowers down here. You know, there's issues too uh, inside the competitive scene. So I really want to make sure that we're, uh, we're going to address some of those issues. And it's not just going to be our perspectives. It's going to be other key figures in the space, because this is a topic that's been bubbling um, throughout throughout the last couple months. But also, before we jump into it, let's just say Epic Fortnite has done a great job continuing the evolution or mm -hmm. the revolution of Fortnite competitive. It really has come such a long way. And I feel like now more than ever, we can be heard with episodes like this, with uh, the topics and things that we're going to talk about because they are listening and they're adjusting on the fly. So I think uh, we're going to have some impact on maybe the future of Fortnite. So... Without any further ado, that's my opening spiel. Um, I'm going to toss it over to Panda. Panda had a lot to say last week, and we had to cut him short because we were on an hour and 15-minute episode. Uh, so let's go ahead and take it from the top. Panda, talk to me, man. So like I was saying last episode, to preface into this, like we, we were talking about uh, me just creating a list of pretty important things that, that could change the trajectory of Fortnite as we know it. And, and some of the key things I wanted to pull from that I want to talk about now create official content right this is one thing that fortnite did very very well in the early days and now we see actual other games like valorant picking up on this and getting a ton of success this is one of those things that, that not only could help fortnite but it bridges that communication gap that we've seen from fortnite more recently now obviously they've been a little bit more active on twitter but that doesn't 
that doesn't necessarily reach everybody, right? Not everybody has Twitter. So I want you to elaborate, like, what is official content in your perspective from your view as not only someone who sits behind the mic, creates content from a talent perspective alongside Epic and the production companies, but also as a consumer, as a viewer, right? Because we're all also in that seat, um, you know, throughout the duration of the year as fans. So what is, what is content? What is official content? What, is that, what does that mean when you say official content? Well, there's two types of content that I think Fortnite could genuinely like value from and, and probably the most valuable assets to them if it goes the content route. The number one thing, the just creating content around competitive, not like the game, like the games that have happened or FNCS, because we see competitive content come out now. That's not what I'm saying. I want more or, or I want to see more directed content about, hey, we just added late game arena back and this is we're so excited to add this this and this alongside late game arena now we know that you guys love this we hope to add more stuff in the future let us know what you want to see right open that op, create that like line of open communication between the audience and fortnite and do it in multiple avenues now they have an instagram use instagram use twitter use youtube use tiktok they they have all those social platforms i just don't feel like they're opening it up enough for genuine conversation between the player base and the game itself. Now, SBG, I'm sure you have a different perspective on what official content can be. Um, can you maybe, when you hear that word, what does that mean to you? Like, what do you, you know, what, what is your perception on, okay, if Fortnite, if Epic is making content, what is what does that content need to look like? What does that, um, you know, substance for the viewer need to look like? So it sounds like Panda is talking about like better quality patch notes, like providing yeah. patch notes and then also like an explanation along with it. I, I would love that. I think that's a great idea. And like you guys have mentioned, that's something we had in the past, right? I think it was Mooney, the, the banana guy going mm -hmm. on and talking about like why certain things were happening and we haven't had anything like that in who knows how long. So I think that would be a great idea, but I mean, we talked about it last time, but more story-driven content, less of here's what happened in about two and a half to three minutes. So we can post it on Twitter and we're recapping six hours of a tournament in three minutes. And I'm going to tell you about one team like that really needs to be expanded in my opinion. And maybe that means the Fortnite competitive team doing more than just posting on, on the actual Fortnite YouTube. Maybe there's a time to create a Fortnite competitive YouTube where we're going more into depth and creating those storylines. Cause that's a, a big thing that I, I feel is missing. And also from my perspective, um, one thing I think is missing as far as the content, as far as the post event, we don't really get to live in the celebration. Um, a mm -hmm. player wins this crazy tournament. They earn uh, what is obviously a, a substantial amount of money um, in, in most cases, especially the Europe and NA markets, but we don't really get to live in that moment of celebration. We don't follow up on the players. We don't get that story that comes after that. What, you know, Commandment and Avery, where's that baseline expectation? Who Commandment and Avery just won NA East FNCS, and I'm just going to use them as an example, but where where's the follow-up on that where's the interview with commandment where's the perspective on avery do we send out you know a team to them do we invite them to the next big event but that follow-up i think is missing so when i think official content when i think competitive um the competitive space and what we need 
I agree. We need to elaborate. We need to continue to investigate the history of the players, but also find ways to express that. Uh, one of my biggest concerns in the Fortnite space right now in particular is we don't have people rising to the level of popularity fast enough as as fast as we have people exiting this space. So we have more fans leaving this space, which again, it's not even that big to begin with based off of Fortnite viewership, but more people are leaving this space at whole, right? More people have influence than we have people filling those voids um, to kind of, you know, again, fill the void of influence. Yes, we have up and coming players and we have the potential, which is all there, but because we're not, you know, uh, cultivating that talent, if we're not building on that, I think that's the part that we're missing the most. Well, and I think the the second part of of the content and and the the road mapping, more or less, what Fortnite wants to do, is definitely on the player side, right? For example, obviously, some of the most successful content that's ever come out from Fortnite was the stories from the battle bus. Right now, obviously, stories from the battle bus is expensive. You can tell the production level in a video like that is a lot. If, especially uh, being in the space and knowing what large companies spend. Like, I know personally what Disney used to spend to produce high-quality videos in a similar format, and I, I promise you, it's not cheap. So for them to produce those nonstop, right, is very, very expensive. However, I can see them creating shorter-form versions of that or, or less-quality versions of that, they just need to brand it a different way. They probably couldn't use stories from the Battle Bus. They have to do, like, something different. So I want to compare apples to oranges here. You bring up stories of the Battle Bus. My favorite, by the way, piece, of course, is on the Booga. And then I think we had, was it a Bizzle follow-up? And, of course, we had we had Chica, um, which Chica was kind of weird because they took the, the stories of the Battle Bus and then they built it off of what was going to be an influencer documentary because she was having a skin in the game. So uh, I, th I think they, they took what was cool and almost ruined it. It's not, it's not completely ruined yet, but uh, it definitely took a, a path down the wrong direction. But I want to compare apples to oranges when I say that stories of the battle bus versus let's just look at the fun content we filmed while we we're in Europe. They've created a content yeah. piece around scram and we did kind of, you know, SBG was there alongside me, but we did a literal full concept piece we were filmed production crew professionally done we got to do indoor skydiving that was a content piece and then we jumped into man city and scram's um yeah signing of man city and what was at the time his his current duo partner and a little bit of that history does that is that equal you know is that equivalent out to you as good content so i i think that's a a start i don't know that it's enough right, right. Because if you go back and watch that video, I mean, a lot of it was us just skydiving. Like, how much story does that tell? How much scram does that tell? And although it may not be immediately the most interesting thing to learn about a player, there's ways to engage people and get them interested in that player. Because someone like Scram, they've been doing this since World Cup. He's been around for a long time. He has cool stories to tell. I mean, we had the opportunity to speak with him and hear about his experience. And to build fandom of players, to build fandom of Fortnite, you need to be able to express those things in a longer form. I mean, if we're looking at like the stories of the Battle Bus videos, those are... 20 minutes, the 
smallest one is seven minutes from Epic Whale. So there needs to be time to be able to tell these stories. And I think there's time to shorten them. Like right before a broadcast, in between games, we can do shorter pieces of it and then, you know, throw an end screen at the end of that, like find this whole thing on YouTube or something like that. Um, I don't know, Panda, like what, what do you foresee here? So this is this is more or less where my thought process was when we were talking about content. The one thing we don't have from a community uh, from a community standpoint is buy-in in competitive. Like the casual viewer, what reason or what buy-in do they have to tune in to the Fortnite broadcast and watch FNCS finals, right? They just don't. There's there's not as much buy-in for these players into the the pro scene, right? It used to be Zate, Saf, there's a story there. People knew about them, like Tifu, Ninja. Like there are all these major names that that naturally, because they created content, did other things, they had buy-in attached to their names, right? And then obviously in other esports, it's the orgs helping bridge that gap of content. But unfortunately in Fortnite, there's no way for the orgs to to fully bridge the gap in every single player, right? So who needs to step up? This would be honestly precedent. It, it needs to be Fortnite. Fortnite has to start creating content around the players, but in a way that is um, educational for the audience. Build excitement around Malabuka. Build excitement around Mustache. Build excitement around Buga. Build excitement around Miro. Like Miro is literally a multi-time champion, and, and there are people that obviously know of him, right? But because he doesn't create content, no one truly knows who Miro really is. So Fortnite has a, a really unique opportunity to, to kind of bridge that gap, create more interest in the scene, and they're creating that buy-in for the casual viewer so that they can actually enjoy their time uh, watching the broadcast and, and understanding who's actually on the screen competing. Yeah, and, and just to kind of touch on that, and I understand like Fortnite game has a, like incredible amounts of traction, right? But the fact that we don't, see that content promoted in the game i think is also a miss and i get it right platforming a player comes with tons of risk i mean we can talk we could reminisce on the amount of stupid things these guys have done so for epic for fortnite of course to give them any source of support it comes with a huge responsibility and and level of expectation and trust right and in the players um so there's that, and I get as to why we wouldn't like want to have like a section in the game where it's like, hey, here's all this competitive content because we we have we have the legends landing, so we we kind of have buy-in, right? Like or in-game support, but like that thing's so far hidden between the the creative veil, and you got to know how to get to the island code and all that kind of stuff that you know it, it's not as impactful as it could be as like the item shop is, or right? you know the item yeah. shop it has a tab you can get there. Competitive has a tab too. But that competitive tab you see also can use a huge UI update, uh, interface update. It's 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 pretty messy to kind of navigate that. You got to know what you're doing. But all that content, all the stuff from the socials, all the stuff filmed, it's not accessible. It's not it's not out there unless you are very much the niche. And I just want to add one thing before I throw it to SVG. I think one thing that's missed with FNCS winners is in their respective region, when you load into the game, you jump out of the battle bus, you should be able to look at the sky in the distance and see them somehow like put their, their favorite outfit from finals, put their, their name in there and like, congratulations. Why can't you just load in a game? We get 
blasted with the, hey your membership crew membership's here congrats here's your skin like why can't we just like dude this weekend's over congrats and then just show their skin that they won the game and hold an axe like and the, mm -hmm. the user at the bottom like miro took any easier you know what i mean and just be able to cycle through that one that's promoting your skins it looks cool but it's a it's a level of involvement too like holy crap wait did i just miss that all right well when's the next one right it, it literally gives some level of interest but it also makes it look so darn cool like could you imagine that would be the next thing players fight for they literally play fncs not even for the money because most of them are millionaires or you know they're pretty well off at this time for their age especially but they want to show off they want to say that did you imagine if they knew that at the end they also were like in the game even if it's just their skin you know you don't have to use their likeliness nothing like that but their name in the game in the you know the the that org alongside that you know gxr whatever boom malabuka like on the front line like that would be so cool and there there's a lot of ways we can use the game there's a lot of ways we can platform our players in particular to make them feel good as competitors and and i think have other people interested but go ahead SPG. yeah i just want to roll it back a little bit i think that's a fantastic idea by the way um but thinking of like the catalog of content, we don't have any kind of video besides the broadcast, which as it could be the best broadcast in the world is still going to miss things. Once we get an update, we lose everything from the compete tab as far as replays go. Like sometimes it still works and other times it's, you know, FNCS on, on Sunday, it ends, we get an update Tuesday, those VODs are gone forever. And that does not give any kind of like historical catalog for people to go back. Like say you wanted to go back and be like, dude, remember when Booga won the world cup? That's probably a bad example because he was all over that broadcast. But like Avery commandment, you watch this most recent FNCS up until the last few games, they weren't super highlighted. Like when they were doing well, yes, they were all over, but when they weren't, what happened? We have no idea. And then it becomes even harder to piece together that story of how they even won FNCS. And to go back and look at that is impossible. So, and, and again, just to kind of put it in the, pers uh, the perspective, right? This is this is a fan's perspective at this point. SBG's putting on his, hey, I'm, I'm consuming this. Like, where were they? Okay, we missed them. But that post, right? This is where afterwards we really got to double down on this. Not just a highlight video, all the great moments, all the victory. That was cool. But there should be that deep dive. I'm totally with you there. And just to add to that, it does look like that is something that I don't know category like like actually saving full vods for years, right? But I do know that that Tim Sweeney recently came out and said that he's working to change the way that the replay system works to create, and it's using a tool that's actually used more for cinematic stuff that will now be like the replay tool. So. The future looks bright, but obviously that can take, number one, that can take years. There's no ETA on some on a tool like that. Um, number two, like how long does the shelf like life really extend, right? Okay, so now it'll last through updates, but is it just going to be there for the season? Like that's the, those are the real questions that I don't think are, are necessarily answered. Um, but honestly, like we talked about content and content I think will play a huge role into that. But I think the next piece of this, like when it comes to content, is going to be massive, right? And this is the next point that I had. I think Fortnite has a unique position to allow executives like Donald Mustard to go on a podcast and promote the game and the future of the game, right? I think some of the most exciting moments, 
like back in Fortnite history were when we heard from the the game devs saying, "Hey, listen, we're super excited to be doing this in the future. Can't wait to show you all." And and literally just those minute things like like could you imagine if we had a Donald Mustard on the Fortnite podcast to discuss the future roadmap of of the game? Like the community would just love that. I I mean, I I'm absolutely with you. Not only like because I feel like the only thing we get right now are the leaks about the Battle Pass, the skins, which is all cool, right? And, exactly. and nothing against the leakers. I wish they didn't exist. I wish it was an actual surprise. But that's a, that's a topic for a different day. We have nothing to tell us about the future of Fortnite. All you have is when it happens, in the now, okay, there's an update on Tuesday. Okay, we probably are going to get a couple things. And we put our hands together and we hope the Legendary Pump comes back or something like that, right? But Yep. I, I swear, the only bit of insight beyond that, as talent, we get it because we're sitting sometimes at dinner with somebody from Epic, and maybe they say something, and then now well, we can't say anything, right? We're on the NDA, and you know we just have to, you know, hope it all comes to fruition. Um, but like the fact that the community doesn't get that, the fact that you know, uh, community concerns, and I'll use like a meme one at this point, and sorry you guys are a meme, but it's kind of a meme. When are African servers coming, right? Like, they never get answered. Can we get an answer there, right? But like that, that's mm -hmm. that's a concern for the, uh, the South African and the African communities. Shout out to you guys. I know you guys really do deserve servers and want it, but we never get an answer there. But that could be something... Of, of a point of topic that gets addressed by an official higher up at Epic. Give us an insight. Okay, they can't come. Tell me why. Is, is it the resources? Oh, Amazon doesn't have the bandwidth to do that. Oh, it doesn't fit into the infrastructure. Does it not make sense logistically? Let us know why. That little bit, that little bit of extra will keep the, the fish on the hook, if you will. But go yeah. ahead, SPG. And then the other thing is, like, Panda, I know you mentioned the executives, which would be awesome. But we know a bunch of awesome people at Epic that are just working on projects. And if they could almost tease or even tell us what they could or couldn't be and just throw them out there like, oh, cool. You know, I have no idea. I can't say exactly what may or may not be coming up, but say, you know, there was some like massive football collaboration ahead of the Patrick Mahomes outfit being released. Right. And they were going to do something with the NFL on week one. And you have this getting teased on a podcast on some kind of platform that would be sick. And there are people like, there's a ton of employees at Epic Games working on different things. And just to be able to hear insights from some of them would increase that interest because then you get to learn a little more about it. And it's not just like this Twitter account that everyone complains to. Yeah, and even the existing collaborations. Like, tell us why you are so invested in this Marvel universe and this multiverse and, you know, at why every season we've had the themed Marvel. Like, you know what I mean? We know why. Obviously, you're a big fan of it. We've seen the history through other documentaries uh, that I believe, is it Tim Sweeney or Donald Musk? One of these guys. You know, they have a little bit of a, a past history of, of uh, I think they went to school together, and then their their world somehow, uh, somehow clashed now in this future where Epic Games finally took off. And, you know, there's, there's so much cool story there we don't really get to see um, or hear expressed about. And I think yeah. breaking breaking that veil a little bit will be uh, just so beneficial for not only the casual communities and the fans that really want to hear um, more, because more is always better for <laughs> in most instances, at least when it comes down to content and stuff like that. But the comp scene surely needs a voice, and we don't have one. 
Um, and at least when we had the patch notes, we kind of had a, had a feeling for where the game was going. And I will say, shout out to Hogman. He's definitely done a better job because we know, hey, at least we got a, a person behind this again. Yeah, it's not Mooney. It's Hogman now, who's an ex-competitive uh, player in the Fortnite space. And he kind of talks about things. He, you know, he lets people know, hey, we hear you loud and clear. But we don't, we don't get to get the debate on the end of that hook. We don't get to really know where the push is going or the direction of the game. And I think that's what's most concerning. Um, the fact that we have not had a statement on why SMGs had to stay in the game all year long is is baffling, right? Because the players are genuinely complaining about probably that the most, right? Of all things, the season gameplay comp uh, competitive identity feels the same because you change everything, but you don't change this one thing. Um, we can also talk a little bit more about that too, right? Like as as far as the the game itself, why is it that competitive continues to get strict? more and more down to the bone um when you when we test things that we know just aren't going to work like why aren't we testing different things if maybe if that doesn't work why can't we just adjust values as opposed to complete removal right so there are different ways we can go about it and so far it has seemed like we've taken a bit of the easier route at least from epic side uh just to kind of keep the competitive community um i think from from creating a, a riot of sorts on social media as opposed to trying to finding a solution to enhance the experience um so yeah i think that's that's my take it's like we're we're keeping things from you know snowballing out of proportion as opposed to trying to find the best solution to enhance the experience and as we all know once you stop uh moving in the form of growth and development then it's effectively you're, you're you're dying, right? Your your product mm -hmm. is losing interest and stuff like that. And again, just to touch on like the Hogman thing, Hogman does a great job, but he's limited by Twitter. And, and again, the the ecosystem that is Fortnite doesn't exclusively live on Twitter, right? And, and a lot of the stuff that he communicates is partially him from his personal account, not necessarily fully communicating, but like hinting or laughing or kind of playing into that communication when in reality it, it would be fun if it was fortnite competitive tweeted something and then fortnite tweeted or like replied to it just more communication uh, amongst both audiences would can, be cool can i just say the the biggest it, the most telltale moment for me when i realized casual is just totally not on twitter is the when we had in-game voting and they voted back the drum gun when yeah. If you if you only lived on Twitter, you would think there wouldn't be a single soul to cast a vote for drum gun in the game. And then the voting went in the game and everyone was allowed to put their perspective in and it just landslided. Like it was baffling as to how many people voted for the weapon that all the competitive players and most of social media was um speaking up and out against. That was the moment when I realized yo, Twitter doesn't mean really anything. We're like this small and everyone else feels differently. And we don't get that perspective because there's no way to really know other than obviously a, a thing like that. It's really open source, but uh, that's all I had to say about that. And this brings me to the thought of something that I've been talking about for a while and I don't think I'll ever get an answer to, but having explanations for bans, warnings, things like that, is also key because we're talking about if you're not on Twitter and a player gets removed from an FNCS finals, you have no idea what happened. 
Right. You literally just see that player disappear off the leaderboard. And sure, you can go check their social media and get an explanation or their explanation, which I'd say 90% of the time is probably not accurate to what actually happened. But we have players getting banned. I mean, most recently it was the uh, exploiting of storm sickness. And we saw players get removed. They got a warning in-game, again, seen on Twitter, not through any official channels. And then they get banned and removed. And if you're watching this, and maybe you're a fan of one of these people, you have no idea what's going on. Or if you're a player that's trying to do something similar to what these people are doing, you have no idea that that is not going to be allowed. Like, an exploit is so imprecise as to whether or not it's an exploit or an intended feature in the game which then makes it even more difficult and in just like putting out these statements of this is allowed this isn't and we've seen it every once in a while but it's been very vague it hasn't been to the point of like okay we see people elo glitching within the game they are intentionally leaving and doing x and y we see this is within the game we cannot fix this in time but if you do this, you will be banned for X period of time. Like that would just be a great way to emphasize cheaters. Get out of here. This is not your space. We, we see you doing these things and you will get in trouble eventually. But instead we, we get nothing. I mean, the occasional preseason blog post of whatever the most recent like cheater or ban has been a very vague two sentences about, eh, okay, here's what may or may not happen. Please don't do this. And to add to this real quick, I think from the mindset of Epic, they're like, if we bring less attention to it, it will have less impact in the game. But in all reality, if you're outlining directly, hey, do not do this, you're putting it both on socials and putting it on the game, right? Anybody that does it after that fact is it's on them. Like that, that's on them, right? So I, I think... While their mindset is in a good place, it's, it, Epic is definitely doing it from a place of like, hey, we, we don't want to see it like escalate. So I understand that, but it's also damaging them at the same time because there's no clear communication on what the issue is. So now you have the, a community that's confused and quite frankly, doesn't understand anything that's going on, especially when it comes to those competitive things. Yeah, and I just I want to talk about another topic that's kind of in parallel. But before I jump there, SBJ, if you have anything to kind of add into this and I'll let you do that. Yeah, and one quick thing, oftentimes they're being misled as to what is actually happening from the person that's getting banned. So it's not even yeah. that it's these people are getting banned, so now we know not what to do. A lot of times the person that gets banned lies to us about why they got banned or this is a wrongful ban and try and make themselves look like the hero when in reality they're a cheater, deserve to be banned, and all you got to do is say, hey, this is what this player did. We caught them. Get out of here. Please don't do this anymore. And I think this plays into the the, the idea that, like you said, we don't have a voice. We don't have a, a forward. We really just don't have a voice coming out of competitive at all times that addresses what is important to us or what might be important to us as opposed. And instead, it's almost like they have their own agenda of importance. And it really clearly doesn't quite tick all the boxes for the fans. I think one of, another version of this and this this may not be as um as serious as the topics we're talking about, but let's just talk about a player like Benji Fishy, who committed all these years, grew to this level of international uh you know stardom, all because of Fortnite. But we didn't have an, uh, an acknowledgement post, 
uh, an addressing of the situation from competitive. Um, and then you have all these fans show up on comp day for the Europe chat. And you just look at chat and you're like, how lost are these fans that they're like, where's Benji Fish? Like, Benji doesn't play the game anymore, guys. But there's no one to celebrate what Benji has brought to the scene, the accomplishments of him. There's no, there's no voice behind that. And that goes as far as, I mean, people were asking about, you know, where is, I don't know, dude. I forgot the names I was seeing, but like even Savage at some point, or, but Benji's the the easiest one. But like, where's Benji? Show Benji on street. He's not in the, he's not in the tournament, guys. Where is the, the, <laughs> the narrative, you know, the buildup. So people even know who's in the finals and lead up to the tournament. People, the players, the fans don't even really know who is in the finals in lead up to the tournament that's a problem as well and that's just again one of those versions i i kind of bundle it all into it uh this this bubble of it's because we don't have a voice it's because we don't have a uh, a competitive voice pushing these these topics and these things uh, to the front lines which i think are some of the most important uh the best way we can do any sports analogy here but you know exactly who is competing against who on game day and that is why you are showing up because if you're a fan of, you know, let's just say the, uh, I was going to say the Giants, but no one's a fan of the Giants, I guess, right? But if you're a fan of the Giants, I'm from New York, whatever, I'm going to use that. You know, you're you're showing up because you want to see who's on the roster and you're you're supporting said players on the roster, right? And usually you're going to ride with those guys. And in Fortnite, there's none of that. You're showing up and you're, where's Benji Fishy? Benji Fishy's not on the roster anymore, guys. I'm sorry. No one broke it to them, though, right? And, and they don't know when you come in, and, and that's that's the one of the easiest signs, the most telltale signs that we don't have enough communication, um, especially when it comes down to just who is playing on game day, man. Who's playing on finals day? Why can't we see that in the game? Why isn't there, when we go to competitive, let's blur out the noise, or let's let's really carve it down. Let's show FNCS in a different way. Let's Let's paint this picture in a different way so that we're... It's not a leaderboard of points. Instead, it's it's that graphic that we see when we're on the main stage. And maybe you can click a player, actually click a player, and let their stats load out. It just needs to be done differently so we really see what's going on. Because right now, I can't even find that information without going to FN Tracker or something like that. Yeah. Why, why do I got to go to FN Tracker? The, that's the, why is that the easiest place for me to find the standings and, like, game performance and stuff like that you know it, it should be a little more convenient than that um but it feels so uh it feels like it's not paid enough attention to and it's funny because like all these things that we're saying sound like they're different things right but i mean realistically if they made regular content talking about the standings regular content talking about uh benji fishy leaving right i mean literally like just community updates not only on the game, but like competitive as well, it would be so impactful. I think there's so much value in communication. I, I literally to the point where I could foresee just extra layers of communication creating an additional hundred million plus dollars in revenue a year. So I think so I think a solution here, in my opinion, we need a FN competitive website. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, pay FN Tracker if you want. I don't care. Dress it up. Make it look better. Ad free. And, and you know what I mean? Like, make that yeah. experience, make that entire thing look great. You can still have a news section on there. Just 
So we have the competitive use, a one-stop shop that isn't FN status, that isn't uh, the Epic Games website that they're currently using that has everything on it. That would be amazing as a starter point. And it doesn't sound uh, impossible to do or uh, intangible. That sounds like a very tangible goal. Also, a official competitive podcast, I think, would definitely be a, a good source of a platform to have an open place conversation, dialogue to really talk about these things. We do it, but we do it on a surface level. We're on a timer, right? We do this yeah. voluntarily to just because we're fans of the game. But if we have that buy-in from Epic, now you have a place, a place of focus. You have more voices. You have the the reach, right? To get to any player that people really want to know about. And it really supports the ecosystem. There is something that is definitely missing there. But I think a solution, in my opinion, two ways to really kick this off. A competitive website would be so sick. I would just love that. That's just me. Maybe it's because I love editorial article content, all that kind of I consume that stuff. I think it's cool and I and I love it to be streamlined, but also a place to just find that information via either a podcast or a blog or it needs to happen. I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit here. I don't know that a website is necessarily like I think the website channel is one of many channels that could be effective, but I it needs to be a multi-platform push because like while like a website location is great for direct pros and, and people like us, there's still a huge audience of people that that won't consume or won't want to consume that information, but won't be able to consume it from a website, right? That's where a podcast fills in. That's where other or, socials fill in. Well, you know, an app will totally a, mm -hmm. an app is today's day and age or or the old okay. The, an app is the equivalent of a website to a boomer like me for the new guys. That's what I'm. That's how I'm gonna put it. Because kids use apps. If Fortnite had its own official app, you go in there. Of course, they have a little mini game. You know, tap the screen, drop maps, whatever, interactive. But it could it could be whatever to to get people's attention and make it interactive enough. So there's a reason to log into it. Maybe you can even claim drops from there every now and again. There's a lot of ways to incentivize kids and everyone to go in there and put cool stuff in front of them so that it's it's able to be consumed at a friendly rate so we can yeah. onboard uh newer audiences and even in there that could dual purpose as a place to have a profile of a player who just won fncs a picture of them we got to work with these guys and i think I an think app probably won't happen just just a little side note before i give it to svg like just because their relationship with apple and google probably won't happen that makes sense but, that, that, uh, but fair, you... fair enough but you know but no i, yeah. I can see it i would love that Smart point. I don't know that I would have realized that Pando is <laughs> rocking those. Um, I just want to compare apples to apples real quick because while you guys were chatting, I was thinking of like Twitter seems to be the most common avenue for communication. And if you look at it, thanks to Twitter for putting together the tweets per month stat that you can now see, 124 tweets per month for Fortnite competitive. Now, if we look at the NFL, right, granted, it's the start of their season. Nonetheless, they also have the Patrick Mahomes outfit right as their banner right now. So not only are they doing that, but they're actively promoting Fortnite. They have 1,400 tweets per month. Whoa. That is 10x. Now, if we look at the MLB, 1,000 tweets per month. Still about nine, nine times that. The NBA, which is not currently in its season, has 2,000 tweets per month. That's the best so example. We, <laughs> right yeah, there. If, if we want to talk about 
like people and content there are examples of different types of content being put out there by mainstream sports now i mean if you look at valorant okay they're SBG, only at 76 you can What's milk up? this for twitter just can you write that down create a post put on a little mini graphic we need to share this i think that that is probably one of the most impactful statements that we've all just touched on um, besides of course our theory crafting and how we can do cool stuff that to me right there that's evidence that's evidence of activity it's 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 like plausible evidence it's like undeniable like look at it guys it's right here you take a look right like that level yeah. of activity we don't got we're not even close to that maybe no, if we I add mean... my tweets your tweets <laughs> uh, pandas and comps right Bro, maybe I don't even know where do you see that where do you see that stat i want to i want to know so if you pull up Twitter on um, your desktop, uh -huh. right under like someone's profile, it'll show the total number of tweets and then nah, you got something new. You got something new, man. I don't see oh. that. Yep, you on the beta, bro. You got nice. the you All got right. the insight. You're in the beta right now. That's that's Dude, that's cool. I'll put that thread together. We'll, Can you we'll go to my page? On. I just want to see how many how many tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you probably got. You're not a big tweeter. I'm, I'm not too crazy, you know. I'm not too crazy. 145. So you're 145. you're at about Fortnite comp level. Yeah, I gotta step, step it up. up. I gotta step it up, dude. That's no, cool. but I, I think that's a great example of exactly what needs to be done. Is you know, right now we're minimum level effort, and those tweets include replies. So when FN comp replies with like a single emoji or like fire. That, that is not valuable really whatsoever. It's cool to engage. It's valuable in that sense that you're engaging with the people that are actively competing within the space. But that's not communication. That, that's not like valuable content going out. Um, and I think we could get there. there. There's plenty of things, right? And the only time that the FN competitive Twitter tweets more than once per day, which seems to be the average, is about one to two times per day is if there's two tournaments in a day or during FNCS during FNCS, mm. they will post things. But once FNCS goes, and don't get quiet, me wrong. So that, that's that. why I don't tweet as much, I guess, you know, I, I respond here and there, but you know, usually I, if I put something out, I want it to be of substance. Right. So that, that's why like my activity isn't there, but Fortnite and, and the, the Fortnite comp, I mean, like we just talked about, there's, many 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 avenues at which they can be pushing content actively interacting with the existing competitive content actively sharing competitive content from uh community pillars like yourself i mean shoot what, what, what have we ever been retweeted we're the longest standing once, you know podcast us have we no not oh, the this? fortnite podcast no. but yeah who's, i was about to say who's yours did sbg I I got a video retweeted like two years ago. Congrats, two years ago. But you see yeah, what I, I mean? I got a like, lot of support recently, but that's different. Okay, but but <laughs> that's that's and also absolutely warranted. It should have happened. It should be happening. Those kind yeah. of things, right? Uplifting um everyone that's that's putting in the effort in the space. I don't think we've ever had a, an episode of ours shared. Granted, if, you know we're a little off the rails at times, but we're honest. We have fun. We're respectful though, right? We're all on branding, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. But there's there's no interaction. FN comps should like pick highlight of the month. I don't know. Choose one of these crazy, insane Fortnite players. Why don't we just have them just comment on that? Like, dang, bro. Like this is fire. Great, great video, right? Or like, check this out. Like whatever. Those little things. 
Now I have to ask, do we as a group honestly believe that they would see a return in value from doing these things? Absolutely. Because at, at the end of the day, it's going to at least one person just to post on Twitter, probably two to three people to make the content, then multiple contractors to produce the content, right? And do we think it's going to come back? Even sharing highlight compilations is mm -hmm. showing that you are doing something and we recognize your skill and we appreciate your effort and what you're doing is cool. That will make those players so much more likely to continue to grind the game, work on the game, and build. Also, it will create a direct or an indirect revenue line for that person because you're actively boosting that video, which is going to lead to more AdSense, etc. So it's a form of payment. It's a form of giving back. And it's a form of platforming people so they can do this full time. One of our biggest issues in our scene right now is the fact that we literally do not have enough casters to create a tier system of like who's the greats and who's the up and comers we have like 10 good casters we could put on our hands and that's it we don't have a growing scene right so like even our talent development is in the gutters yeah and, and just to add to this like imagine right resub usbg you take you your tip videos your informational videos they just retweet it right they Hey, great just watch comment. from somebody's gun. Definitely recommend going to check this out. That's all they have to say. And now they're building you up, right? And, and that's what they, that's realistically what they need to do. One of my other things that I didn't include in our list in our comments or in our little Discord was influencer marketing and, and how they can use influencer marketing to not only build up the influencers, but build up the excitement around the game. Because realistically, We've seen in the recent years, the reason a lot of esports and a lot of games have so much traction is because of the influencers. So knowing how to use influencer marketing is going to be a huge part of that. But I think even from Fortnite Competitive, even the standard Fortnite uh, Twitter channel sometimes, retweeting content that is impactful and, and storytelling exciting for those specific scenes would be amazing to see and as we continue to jump down that topic right there i feel like it falls in line with your third point of creating more storylines so take us through that take us through your perspective and tell us why you hit that and then we're going to jump down that 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 lane right there creating yeah. that content kind of highlighting these stories yeah and we and we kind of talked about it a little bit but creating more storylines from the official fortnite outlets like again i think um, we time and time again, we we talk about stories from the battle bus and how exciting those were. But I think um, whether it's player content, whether it's in-game content, right? Things that revolve around the story or create a story or a narrative um, builds excitement for both broadcasts and the content that is consumed across Fortnite in general. So one of the big things that I think a lot of people think right now, if you are a casual consumer of the Fortnite, the official Fortnite storyline, so the events, etc., it's very hard to tell where the story is at, right? Where it begins, where, mm -hmm. when it even ends. I mean, I think the biggest miss we had this season, and we didn't really touch on it, but can we just talk about the break we had, a two-week break? The like the literal nosedive in viewership. It was a complete reset. Like week one probably had 10k viewers for people tuning into quals 
And normally mm -hmm. by the time we get to finals, the three, four weeks of buildup, <clears throat> you know, we're around 20, 30K. It kind of doubles up, maybe one and a half X, which is cool. Yeah. There's some growth there. It shows that at least consecutive, uh, you know, development of, of this episodes or these live streams build to something. At least they're this, the science and math is there. But the finals itself, complete reset. Like, yeah. to me, that that's that's killing the storyline right there that's the opposite of uh building the storyline it, it highlights the fact that people are just lost and like where are we right now well and and i was talking to lash about this actually the other day the most impactful hype video they ever made was was um i, I want to say it was like a year year and a half ago and and what they did was they spliced it together casting moments from the weeks and and they put it into a hype trailer for the finals and it really built, like, it, it gave you chills watching it. It was the coolest, by far the coolest hype video I remember. they created ever for a season. And the if you look at the interactions on that tweet in comparison to other hype videos they've made, uh, exceptionally well. Like this season, for example, they came out with a hype video. And it was, it, there was nothing FNCS about it. And, and while I love some of the content, that has been coming out recently, especially with the way that they edit stuff. This video was a huge miss. The the hype video. It was literally, if you look it up, it is now. Is this is music. this within the same year? Because like, yeah. no, like no, it was produced is, by the same co company. I'm this, saying this was obviously, three weeks ago. No, obviously, it's not. obviously, we saw the one that was just produced by uh, the you know the the Fortnite team and who they're working with, the Blast team. Um, mm -hmm. I agree with you. It was nothing exciting nothing share worthy right it didn't really pop out as something oh dang bro like epic just dropped the hype like, like a let's go moment yeah um but did the first video or the one that you're thinking or looking back at was it within the realm of like did blast produce that one? So i feel like they might have i feel like that's how they came in I, that was a part of the the story so was it lost was it just forgotten or was it I don't a, a know completely that it different was a, team no i think it was a completely different team to be honest but in my opinion, right there, realistically, from any kind of business structure, you can tell that Epic Games has final say in the way that things are done. Epic Games should definitely make sure that that wouldn't be a hype video because the current hype video for this season, after having a two-week break and having a huge lull period, right, was music with gameplay, and it you can't even tell if it if it was or was not gameplay gameplay like from FNCS or FNCS, yeah. Yeah, you don't because none of it wasn't even like stacked end game gameplay. It was like random shots and tilted, <laughs> random shots and greasy grove. Like it was it literally there's nothing competitive or compelling about the hype video. Um and, and and look, that's no shots towards anybody, right? But like that is just a huge miss, especially after such a large break uh in the competitive and, season. And also the stage that we're in with competitive and the content you know the build up up until now that should be a that should be a no brainer easy check that's a that's an alley that's a, that's an alley right there like you know easy. what i mean that should be put straight in yeah just slam that one home with a sick video um but that whole conversation brings me to the idea of like what is fortnite's thing right if you look at league of legends their thing is amazing in person productions for the main event like they are known for their music videos the augmented reality they do those like live in-person events dota okay they might not have as cool in-person events but 
they have the largest prize pool and they have community funding. And then you have CSGO has like this massive energetic fan base and you go around the world, the everybody's back in their team. And for Fortnite, I just like, what is Fortnite's thing to create like genuine esports fandom? And like the whole song thing brought this to my mind because I think it was Valorant put out like a whole animated cartoon with some music and that was sick like that could be their thing is like animated stuff um and right now fortnite has the opportunity to make their thing i don't know what that could be but there, there's space for it you know what it is i'll tell you this right now let me hear it i think fortnite does a lot of nothing <laughs> i know that sounds really bad but they do a lot of things that don't have impact, right? The hype video was a perfect example. The so, um, so the, they miss the execution, exactly. And it's not and it's not like they quote unquote are doing nothing, but it's a lot of things that that have no impact. So, for example, again, a blog post talking about the competitive season, while their communication is usually close to the event, the communication for this previous FNCS came out super early. Um, another example of this. So obviously one blog post to their website and to Twitter, but then that was before the Instagram was even live is not enough to truly communicate the narrative of what's happening. Right. Well, here, Here's what Fortnite's thing could be. And it should be put the money into building the stories of these players. Let's get more documentaries. Let's get more focused on building up these stories between the creators themselves, the competitors talk about, Maybe we just continue to source and pay them, just sit down, really get them to talk about their experience, their journey from zero to hero, week one call, what went right, what went wrong. We just need to storyboard this whole thing. And they could they could potentially even excel in that compartment. Literally, yeah. the buildup of, hey, you're going to ex like expect this to come out, right? We don't have that level of expectation. You just don't. We have no level of expectation for a thing competitive other than we know it's the same thing we've been doing this entire time. The only thing I think players look forward to is when is the next game mode and what's it going to be, right? Well, that, that sounds like the the great thing, right? Is because Fortnite is built upon the back of creators. So if we're telling the story of these players and creative, that would be an awesome thing that fits right within Fortnite. So I love that idea. Or, or and, I mean, and obviously I would say Fortnite's thing is actually the multiverse. Like, that, that is their yeah. thing. Their innovation, uh, gaming as a whole, let's not talk about the impactfulness that uh, Fortnite has had and their inclusion to all types of demographics and representation in the game. Like, Fortnite has that. So, yes, they do have their thing, but they don't have a thing in the competitive space competitive. That, that appeals to comp, and that is what they need. But like I said right there, to me, that's what it should be, the, the buildup. And, and just to finish the, on, on the topic, right? I think it, it what you said is exactly what they should do. That was the thing I had in mind when it, when it came to what is their thing. There's a second half of it, though, in my mind. And it is actually the final point here on the list. It's develop a more interactive and engaging broadcast. Now, when I say it's the second half of the point we were just talking about, it's because while you create storylines on these players, I think one of the biggest things about live streams and live audiences is that they feel like they are a part of it, right? Especially with like LCS with league, right? Or VC now VCT with them coming back in person. 
Like they're there in the audience. There's a camera that pans over to them. So they feel like they're actually part of the show. Right now, Fortnite doesn't have anything that, that lets them feel part of the show. And I think one cool interactive feature, which would create a viral moment for Fortnite, but also be really cool for the people at home, is, is have a, in the pre-show, built in, they should do a um, community, like a, just a community um, page, right? Where, where the casters talk about community sentiment about who the, who the people at home are rooting for, right? So literally what, what they can do is obviously they can pre-screen these, but use the hashtag and they can pop up tweets on the screens that are like, oh man, uh, BL Reno said he's rooting for Cami and Seti. And that's, that's a, super cool. That's a mm -hmm. dead giveaway. I mean, look at you, UFC is the, does, does this the best. Exactly. They just use the hashtag. They put a number behind it. It's like as simple as that. Hashtag UFC 6,492 because eventually <laughs> they're, you know, they're going to be there and that number's just going to keep going and the people interact because they know they have that chance to be heard. And, and yes, it's interactive, it's engaging and UFC is this, is the same thing. It's a live event. That's what we're doing. We're doing live event. We're doing a live entertainment piece. You have to have that level of interaction there. Um, if you're not going to have an audience, obviously, to cheer in the moment so you can get that level of like, okay, it's clear people like this person when he shows up on camera or they like what happened or they don't like what happened, etc. Um, I agree with you. I mean, tweets, tweets are tweets are alley-oop too. Like to me, that's, yeah. that's easy. Bake it in, you know? Yeah, so I think... This is kind of the the topics that I brought up. These are the things that I've been thinking about. And and again, there's some more, but I'm saving them for a different outlet. Um, but I definitely think on the back of these four things and the conversation that we've started to have here, there's a there is a lot of this stuff that can be implemented relatively easy within 12 months, right? And all of a sudden, you're going to see drastic changes in the way the community sentiment and now. We, we honestly should compare a little bit of what we've said to people like Blood X, Reno in the scene who have been talking about the potential improvements for the game as well. So do you think, do you think, before mm -hmm. I even go there, like, let's just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to spitball a crazy idea. What if I put, right, practice server, right? Let's just think about this. Mm -hmm. Or anybody, a third party comes in. What if they took the time to go and do the content, right? Freaking just fill the void, make it, and make it really good. Like, let's just say, do you think, there's a world where Epic sees that and says, we need that on our broadcast. And they bake it into the pre-show, play that video, pay the person who made it as a form of investment. You know what? That paid off. Like them just buying into that content and injecting it onto socials or injecting it into the broadcast because it's clear that there is value there. There's a need there. And that we don't really have a pre-show. We have a, a, we have a pre-script, right? Here's what we're going to talk about. This is exactly how it's going to go. And, and there's things that we absolutely have to do. Format, yep. tournament pricing, you know, all the basics that you absolutely have to, you know, check the boxes, the, 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 the freebies, the mandatories. But it's a script. There's no off-the-cuff thing that you're on that live show and it, oh, man, what, what was that? When did that happen? Okay, this is cool. Or, like, this is, this is, you didn't expect that. You don't know what you're tuning in. There's nothing so, so special that you tune into that live stream for. Um. Yeah, cool. We've, we've taken it a step further. We have some player interviews. We have some quirky moments, uh, you know, some fun mini games, competitors playing against each other, et cetera. That's cool. That's great. 
you know, Kanata, how'd you get your name, right? Kanata Goose, yada, yada. That's cool. See, I know that stuff. Yeah. I got to know a little bit about them. That's great. But there's, 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 you don't know what you're tuned in for because there's nothing that really draws you there week to week. But you know, anyways, look, I said a lot, so. <laughs> I, I'm, he, I'm here in Raleigh. SVG's here in, in the Raleigh area. <laughs> We're not too far from the HQ. If you just want us to come to HQ and stand in front of the Epic Games wall and talk to a camera <laughs> for 20 minutes... <laughs> To, to record 10 TikToks or short form content about updates, et cetera. Like it, it's, it's so viable. And I think it's, it's within reach. I just don't know that the Fortnite team or Epic Games team internally has fully thought of concepts like that, especially with how close there are some talent members in this vicinity. And my answer to your question would be no, I don't think they would buy into that. Just because I don't, mm. I haven't seen them do that at all, right? And I think we've seen some pretty quality content, like the stuff Reese puts out. How awesome would it be to have like an in-depth analytical video put out by Reese Hub on the broadcast? And they could easily have, like, he's literally on in discussions with them all the time because he's doing content. He's on the broadcast, so I personally, I, 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 don't I agree see with that, that but. I only ask that because the way I think a really cool way to tune into the show is I know when I'm showing up to FNCS, dude, we're about to get a F, we're about to get a stories of the battle bus because I'm gonna tune in commandment video. Let's go any east. Like who are they gonna pick from? What re right? Like that could be the best pre-show. It's a movie. You're tuning in for the the big content piece that was filmed and now it gets revealed. You know so much about the history of the player who just won the last FNCS. Yeah, maybe it's out of the expectation to think oh we're gonna get 10 of these for every region or whatever right every single time but like that element of i think it fits in i think analytical pieces from someone like resub absolutely fits into a deep dive something really cool not just we're playing uh you know the replay mode back and the client over some you know layered music you know that's that's it's nothing that's not compelling well and one thing that I just heard Zuckerberg talk about is our memory is spatial. So when we're having these interviews that aren't in person and they literally all look the same, the only thing different is maybe the box that they're on in screen or the background or the player. So all those interviews are going to wind up being very similar because they all look the same. And that whole spatial memory isn't going to vary between the one we had with Vadil or the interview we had with Taysen. They're all literally the same. It's just like this little square box that is different between every one. So those aren't nailing that story from the players as well, which is something that I've never thought about. But I mean, if you just try and think of now, like who is a player that's been interviewed and what's something they've said, it would take me a second to try and figure out what that was. And maybe it is the like spatial aspect of it is, if they were sitting down in a room in at a desk in a space, would we remember those spaces better than if there was just simply a, a box and a screen? Sorry. No, no. It, I mean, it, it's definitely really interesting. <laughs> I was, I was trying to just think about that. Obviously I haven't, I haven't seen that, that piece that you're talking about. Um, you, you laid out something interesting, but I didn't hear, uh, I guess the findings of it, right. Or like, how do you fix that? Um, if there's more insight there, that would definitely be cool because does that mean like, you know, 
the next time you do it, you need two people in a room. It needs to be a different type of dialogue. Or does the content have to be restructured in such a way, you know, contextually that it makes it engaging? So th that's kind of where I'm, I'm really trying to wrap my head around. Like, what is yeah. the solution there? So essentially what he says is he likes in-person meetings as opposed to Zoom meetings because he remembers them better because they're in a room. Obviously, we can't, you know, replicate that on a broadcast, but say the people were in a like room together, that likely is going to be more memorable than simply just a, a webcam. Actually, great point. It just reminds me that the FNCS stage was the same. The colors were only different. The lights were different, but the stage is the same. Now, I might be asking for a lot, but like if you're going to do in-studio stuff, there should be variety, right? where the talent stands, how the walkouts look, maybe even the shots that we focus on, but we don't get that. So to your point or to Zuckerberg's point, um, <laughs> it's the same. You're going to lose retention there automatically. That first return broadcast to in-studio was crazy hype. The second, we didn't have the same buildup. We didn't have the same lead-up, and it was quite literally the same stage. So it made it feel a, like a repetitive thing again. Um, that could be interesting where maybe we need to scale down even what the studio looks like and move it. Change the back. Fortnite IP is so vast. Put these casters on a desk. Give me a llama this week. Give me Peely statue the next week. That's enough to, you know, change the screen behind me. A brick wall one gate one week. A freaking gate the next week. You know, the, the game IP is so vast. You can make the coolest studios and stages ever season to season just off of props and and again i'm i'm kind of ranting here because that, i think that point is excellent because it just you unlocked the or like you reminded me of how similar the broadcast look and, and that's something that should never happen fncs season to season sure the graphics can have some similarity the logo right you don't want to deviate we need branding but fortnite branding when you look at that stage it doesn't scream fortnite it screams graphics, right? It's 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 yeah. white. It, yes, it looks amazing. It's so professional, but it doesn't scream Fortnite. We don't like the World Cup stage was way more Fortnite. We had a a, a crate on there. You had little, you know, we had a little Peely man on the table. We had, you know, there were some things. You had the brick wall there. You had the 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 players building in the background. It was actually that in studio stage. I'm talking about the in studio and lead up the qualifier stage. It's actually way more Fortnite than what we're looking at right now and clearly memorable because you just mentioned all i mentioned all aspects. types of details yeah when i when i go in the future and i explain the studio stage we just been on it it was great for that reveal but then after that it's what what do we was what screamed fortnite on that stage it's just honestly it's the logo look cool and, and, and the thing that that like this has kind of sparked in my mind is I love the stage, but there's a reason I love the stage. Because I love very consistent branding, modern looks, etc. But you have to think about the audience that you're trying to reach out to. And I don't know that this stage was like this super exciting piece to look at for a younger audience. It's cool looking, like like first take, like, oh, you got all the, the triangle-esque shapes, like very like trying to think of the word but regardless it, there there's a lot to it but i feel like like you mentioned there's so much that can change season to season throw in a desk 
throw in um imagine well like, i'm just even... i'm just thinking props like season like fortnite season it changes like literally changes we know you have wind yeah. tubes one week and then they disappear and freaking aliens then crash in and now you have craters everywhere or whatever so all i'm saying is we're not we don't play into those themes there's no connection there the fort the the studio that we worked out of just now there's there is literal zero uh cohesion between that and what the game ip is and that's a that's a miss that's a huge miss um maybe we can do a little bit of a deeper look at riot stages and how they re you know uh, where's the cohesion to yeah. uh, their the game itself but i want to say there has been like the most recent memorable one i remember there was like this um it looked like a a, a japanese themed kind of like blossom tree s style with the big architecture overhead like there were some really cool pieces there um and they bake in a lot of augments of reality like we talked about so it's that's kind of a that's kind of cheating cool because they can over theme <laughs> it right for the people at home but but that's the effort they go that's the uh level of attention and detail they go to at that level of cohesion to the broadcast for the viewer it has to happen it's very important um we surely missed that with our return to studio at well, least the second season, time it was vibing too like it was just literally a summer theme how hard would it be to throw some like summer themed things and, in and, there and those are Even all clothes. those are all led panels i mean we it could have just been could have just been that those led panels just could have been alive felt more themey felt more mm -hmm. right fortnite it just didn't feel fortnite that, that that's yeah. a good way for me to put it which is interesting i didn't really think about it but it, i kind of had that thought there but now it makes sense when i when i hear that zuckerberg thing it really makes sense to me because now i feel like oh yeah you know there's there's a little bit of science behind that that's that's interesting um, oh, this is a long episode, boys. Let's, let's jump into let's jump into Blood X really quickly. Um, all of this to say, guys, I hope you guys have been enjoying the episode so far. It's been great. A lot of cool topics, a lot of open discussion around some of these things. Um, all of it sounds sounds pretty good to me. I wonder how you feel. Feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Y'all know where to find us. But all right, let's jump into uh, something that was more relevant today. Just a couple hours ago, before we hopped on a recording, we knew we were going to talk about some of these things here. But Blood X has something really cool that kind of blends into this. He's addressing FN Competitive and Blood X EU. If you guys don't know, he's a European pretty much coach in the space. So he does a lot of uh, content from that perspective and, and kind of gives his, his hot takes, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tread through his Twitter with caution, my young people. But um, he said for future seasons, uh, pretty much Fortnite should always conclude with grand finals as the last tournament and then have, instead of having smaller bad tournaments in, in grands because, or in lead up to grands, because effectively you kind of create too much happening at once. It's hard to read through this and, and censor it. Um, <laughs> he then goes on to say, we know the meta will change and there's no point to put more time into the current meta without a strong incentive. So what he's trying to say is, Grand Finals, the big Fortnite FNCS tournament, when that ends, we need some downtime. We need a break. We should not be jumping directly into cash cups and all these other little mini tournaments, at least what feels like on a semi-official capacity. And that's because you have players practicing in a meta that we absolutely know is going to change, which makes sense. Cool. But more importantly, the players themselves don't get to have a reset and the audience themselves don't get to really, again, live in the moment of what was the grand finals. 
because we're already on to the next thing. It's almost like why TikTok is a drug. You scroll, you swipe, you swipe, you swipe. It's cool, and then it's not cool anymore because you're on to the next thing, and it doesn't end there. The retention loop continues. So I guess I see why, as a game, you want to keep the retention loop up, but do you need that for competitive at all times, this hyper-retention cycle? Thoughts? Well, it only makes sense to have the season culminate with the biggest event, right? It, mm -hmm. We've talked about the qualifiers, how even within FNCS, it doesn't have this like super hype up moment until the finals, you know, qual one's best grand finals best. And then we have all this in between. And now it kind of seems like the same thing is happening within a season where, you know, beginning of the season best grand finals best. And then now we get all this like other -ness in between should finals just lingers. Should finals just go back to being one day, maybe a couple extra more games. Nah, I like the two days. Okay, he likes the two days, Panda. Um, I think final should be eight days straight. I don't think. Um, I think it should be eight hour days. No, I think no, I agree with one you. Hour. No, <laughs> no, no, I agree with you in the sense that finals week should be like four or five days of competition. And I, I mean, I say that to say like heats, semis, fun. Like we should be going back to back, maybe twenty four hour day off, whatever. But I I definitely think we should have that big build up to fun. That was just me though. It should be a week takeover. Like if we do a land, right? You an mm -hmm. invitational land should absolutely be accompanied by a play in day. Now again, if that's you fly two hundred people up, give us that heat. Give us that dude, give us that qual on land. You're already inviting backup players. You you know, you're over saturating yeah. anyways. Go the extra mile, throw the extra couple, you know, extra hundred thousand, fly the extra guys out, whatever. To me, that's the difference maker. That's the buildup. That's the excitement. That's holy crap. Land was fought for this season. You played so well. We invited our 200, uh, you know, international best, right? And then they mm -hmm. played on qual day. And then here's our finals roster. And we build that up. And we're sitting there. We're talking about it. I'm already sold on it. I mean, hear the inflection in my voice. I want this so bad. I can't produce that. I ain't got the money for that. <laughs> Epic can, right? They can, they can do that. I don't know. To me, though, I feel like there there's some things that they've done publicly that make me think that they don't want to spend as much in the space. Makes sense. And and it's like you want it to be cost effective. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot with some of the stuff. Like like even and, and I know I might sound a little biased here, but like NA West, for example right that's the best example of like literally them okay clearly there was a form of investor that was not they they saw they didn't want to put the value into or whatever they cut right mm -hmm. it's a budget cut let's be honest like yeah or it's an allocation I mean, and that's and that's at least that's what it seems like from the public we never got like a direct answer as to what happened there they and just decided to move forward without it but another example right there of communication right mm -hmm. could have had a exactly. whole explanation give it to give us the why Exactly. And I think that would, there's so much value in giving the why, but um, regardless, I think that was like a, a weird example that, I mean, literally we only had one more season of FNCS this year and it was that season. If you were going to do it, why not do it at the beginning of next year? Mm -hmm. Like it was just like timing wise, it seemed weird. Like it was almost like a budget thing, not a, like a, 
uh, oh, well, we're well, trying well, wait to a second. do this, that, and the third. It, it's, not a, it's not a budget thing, though, right? Because if I'm almost certain you started the year out and allocated the budget to do your three regions for the entire Evans, right? So it was, it was a decision that was so prompt and what feels influenced by value. So clearly they felt like they weren't getting the value. But the budget was already there. If I had to guess, because who starts the year off like, yeah, we'll figure out next month how much money we got. And then like, oh, y'all, this month they said we ain't got any West boys. Cut it. Like, you don't start the year like that. You don't budget like that if you're a multi-billion dollar company, right? Building, at least in the competitive lane. You also didn't, didn't budget for a Ukraine-Russia war where you had to give away $111 million by choice. earnings from, didn't, didn't from, a, have... from a season. Yeah, they didn't have to. But from a business standpoint, when you're losing $100 million in revenue, from an executive standpoint, from just personal experience, the first thought is always, okay, what can we do to recoup some of that like loss? Mm. Obviously, some of it is obviously they, it was charitable donations. They can use that as tax incentives and stuff. Uh, I'm not speaking on what I know Epic is doing with any of that. I'm just saying from, per, from perspective. But I genuinely believe because of that, it could have played a role in, hey, where can we make small cuts? I think it, here's where I'm going to go against you, like out the gate. Mm -hmm. Even if cutting NAOS got them back 1% of the $100 million, which I know mm -hmm. for a fact NAOS was not a million dollar. It does not cost a million dollars to do this. I run no a shot. production company. I can do it for so much less, <laughs> right? And get the same yeah. quality. So... Let's let's not like even if it was one percent, the impact of losing the like because comp at the end of the day is marketing to sell skins because when your favorite player is wearing the fish sticks or the vampire fit or Patrick Mahomes or whatever you know they're buying that dude so there's no way I think you lose more value than you know. Cutting the region, by far, you lose more value, in my opinion. Like, for many, I, many, I, on a cascading level, like, on a selling yeah. skins level, I genuinely think you lose. I agree. But maybe. But I've, worst, I've worked with executives time and time again. I won't name which Fortune 500 companies, okay. but where I've literally had very similar conversations where I'm like, guys, you, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you make this decision because it's going to result in this. So, so they will like, cut for oh, that. They I'm, will cut for that 0.4% save yes like that marginal like that little that toe and i bet you there was multiple decisions in that i don't think west was the only casualty mm -hmm. i think it was the only public casualty right um but and and that's not to say that i know this definitively to be clear we're speculating public, we're just we're speculating we're, shoot, we're shooting around but from my perspective i've watched time and time again executives of major companies who Unfortunately, they're just not as in touch with a scene as as like podcast hosts, for example, people that that dive directly into the Fortnite space who do understand the value. There is um there's a lot of people at those high levels that look at numbers and they only look at numbers. Well, now, talking what I, about the numbers, go like, ahead. the economy is not in the best spot right like where mm. we were two years ago True. versus where we are now even at, like where we were at the start of the year versus what the outlook of the economy looks like overall it is also a big factor and could be why you know 
not only okay we we didn't see the value in west but we also need to see more than x amount of value for this to make sense for us to keep spending rather than what most companies do is like hoard a bunch of cash when they see an upcoming recession or depression knowing that it's going to be difficult up ahead yeah, that, yeah. And, and you know i didn't even think about that like a billion dollars on inflation just hits different than like my little measly whatever i make a year you know and you know art inflation just hits different as you start having way more money so that 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 that's a valid point very valid point but also i i, I want to defend epic and maybe maybe because like i said competitive at the end of the day is a marketing tool maybe now they have some data and the worst case scenario for us as not only talent and fans of the scene is the data shows hey skins sales didn't change it you know without this broadcast or whatever right and that would be the definitive answer to them like yeah we don't need to invest in oce brazil you know nas it, it didn't make an impact um a substantial marginal impact at least that's noticeable at this current time so that would be the worst case advocate. that would be the worst case to me because like i said at so, the end of the day i really genuinely think that's all that matters it's 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 marketing so devil's advocate here how do you even compare the two we didn't get an fncs outfit this year or this season so like how do you even match that up and with and all the different dragon collabs and stuff yeah dragon ball z like how do you i, I have no idea oh, how right. that could even be like compared to yeah. last season you know so I, I agree with you it probably is some sort of like understanding of the value and what they see but from my perspective, holy, how do you even try and you look at that? You can't, especially when you drop a Dragon Ball, <laughs> the Dragon Collab. Ball collaboration that has one of the biggest amounts of interactions from the main Fortnite tweet, I think, the ever. Most. The single most interacted with collaboration that they've ever pushed outweighed the Star Wars activation, the recent Naruto one, which Naruto, I think, is second up. So anime fans are clearly the demographic here. Um, There's a crossover. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you're totally right. The the numbers are all skewed. We don't. It kind of ruined the uh the 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 case here, the case test. <laughs> if we had if we had a consistency, we lost that because the incredibly successful Dragon Ball campaign. The numbers at that point would show, hey, we dropped West and look, sales are up. No, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. We know um, we know that's not well, really how it works. But interesting though. It is interesting. I mean, and and there definitely could be a, a fair comparison, maybe year over year. Something they do yeah. the first FNCS back next year versus um, what we well, had I, I this think, season. I, I genuinely think comp as we know it is going to change. Um, like, we even, like, again, and this is my biggest hope is on a production level from the official uh, avenues, it's, it's not a script style show. It is a little bit more, we got to take more risk. I think we got to take more risk. We need interviews. Yeah. We need, we just need more. Um, FNCS, uh, FNCS needs more than just a cash stake and a skin stake. We need this to be announced as an official means to qualify to said big event end of the year. Mm -hmm. Announce it. Announce it. Say it definitively. Let the players know. Let the talent know. Let the community know. This is just a start. And luckily, you get to get paid on this start because we want to pay the community um, as a yep. means of, of official tournament. And they need to make Road 2 content. If they're going to do that, like, Agreed. like even the invitational, right? If we had in the beginning of the year, they're like, yo, if you qualify top three, the seven CS, you're going on to the invitational. You have the teams that qualify, right? Then you're like, okay, now we're going to create road two content for you. 
the next season it, it preemptively plays in that FNCS. All I'm going to say is Booga won how many FNCSs this year? Multiple, right? Alongside just Miro? one, I believe. Oh, oh just one. Okay, one, one this year. Yeah, one this year. Miro had multiple. Uh, Taysen, if I'm not mistaken, had like freaking three or four, something crazy like that. Um, we have players that have had these consecutive runs and like, like, literal for the first time ever, just back to backs or like big wins in the same year, but no content built around that. I know we keep coming back to content, but dude, where's the document? Like, who is Taysen? I think I only just yeah. recently even <laughs> saw what he looked like uh, because there was like a Falcons Same. signing video or some some weird like that. I just came across a piece. Um, but we don't we don't know these guys, and it's so met, important. Met him in person, had no clue who he was. I'll be honest, dude. When I met Snacky at I, Dreamhack Dallas, I yeah. felt so bad. I was like, I "Oh, what's up? Thing. Who are you, uh, bro? I'm Snacky." I'm like, "Holy crap, yo, you know, my bad, dang, dude. Hold, let me shake your hand with two hands. You know, like, yeah, I had, I had to give some, you know, just just let him know, like, dude, I didn't mean this in no disrespectful way, but you know, like, we don't we don't know what a lot of these guys look like. There's no, there's nothing being built there." Um, we're gonna have to save the Reno thread for next week's episode. We will do oh, a follow up. It's, it's, it's just a continuation. We got a lot to talk about, but it also gives us uh, time and it gives you guys, the audience, time to give us feedback. What do you think about the lengthy sync? This is almost our first time ever doing an episode on a single topic, more hyper focused on one thing. Hopefully, you enjoyed the different pace. It is a lot different. It's more free flow and stuff like that. I mean, I I have fun. I love this kind of stuff. Me yeah. too. <laughs> this is great. Um, so maybe we do more single topic, maybe less topics, bigger discussions around it, theory craft, like good stuff. It was a great episode. Um, I genuinely enjoyed it. As we start to conclude here, I'm gonna give Panda the floor first, just to start letting people at home know where they can find you, man. Absolutely. And just a quick disclaimer to Epic Games, we are passionate about the game. This we is love where this all these game. point of views Clearly. come from. We <laughs> love the game, we want to see it succeed, we want to see the best for the game as well. That's where all this stuff comes from love. But, uh, you know, Panda popping off right now on Twitter with a, a nice little giveaway. So get involved there. Life W Panda on Twitter. Uh, also, the YouTube shorts, uh, TikToks, all doing very well. Life with Panda on YouTube. Life W Panda on TikTok. And uh, look, we got some big things coming down the pipeline. I just showed the boys something right before the podcast started. Yeah. That's a little teaser for what is to come. But regardless this year is going to be insane so make sure to stay tuned to all three of us because we got a lot of stuff cooking on behind the scenes absolutely and if you have the need and the the thirst to get more podcast content sbg is doing amazing interviews mm -hmm. over on his platform that he's building out right now but uh sbg let the people at home know where they can find you what you're working on all that good stuff well, thank you for that, first of all. Uh, the FN Story is the podcast that Monster's talking about. We've had players, coaches, managers. I've had Panda. Monster will be getting up here in the next oh, yeah. two weeks, I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Also, educational Fortnite content. If you guys want to learn the competitive side of the game, do that. One to two videos a week. Somebody's gun on YouTube and Twitter. You know, I post some stuff as well. But like Panda said, hey, this is all from love. We really do enjoy the game and we wouldn't be here four years later if we didn't. Some of our takes, we may be wrong, but like it's all just to, to try and help something that we love very much so and, and create an interesting dialogue because you know, people people yeah. like to hear the 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 different perspectives and just you know the what ifs it's, it's always cool to know the what ifs 
uh with that being said guys uh check out my twitter for the le uh, the most recent projects i should say um at monster deface we recently are pushing more article based content so i know a lot of you podcast listeners have big brains love to read you know that's the demo here usually so if you want to read a little bit more about fortnite and some of the other cool stuff we're doing um practice server the company that i run is now doing more article based content and that'll also come with a derivative of a video from myself i'll do some vo lines we'll put some cool stuff together for youtube so look out for that i will be bringing back a little bit more content um but other than that i really genuinely hope you all enjoyed the episode today for everyone tuning in feel free to send your complaints to me at the fortnite podcast at gmail.com this has been a fun week catching up with you all and we can't wait to see you guys on that next battle bus so until next time don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales peace y'all